Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and we're here outside all camp is over actually. And we're outside with Crystal in the uh, in the beer garden I guess, outside the restaurant. How are you doing Crystal? I'm doing very, very well. I'm I'm talking to you today and I think a lot of people might be familiar with your voice and uh, I just realised <laughs> who you are. How are you doing? I'm doing well, yeah, definitely. It's been a great weekend. It's been great to come and meet so many people from the community. And I think the Og Radio guys, Og, Og Radio, Og Camp guys have done a fantastic job. I, I have to agree with you that there. Now, some people might know you from another podcast. Can you tell us what that is? Yes, we had a, a very brief but fairly successful period of doing a, a free node live podcast which I guess came, up, came about a bit after Lug Radio sadly fell down the drain because Jono got married and moved away and all that rubbish stuff and none of them had time. Um, so a few people sort of contacted us and said, hey, can't we do something? We'll do something cool. So we tried doing our own podcast for a while. So we had a few, we did a few episodes. It was incredibly fun and it was pretty, pretty well received from the community. It went down very well, I must say. I just recognised your voice there. Um, and what was that uh, show all about? Well, I guess the sort of primary thing for us was that it was about Freenode, or perhaps not so much about Freenode, because Freenode isn't about Freenode. Freenode is about the 75,000 users we have every day. It's about the thousands and thousands of open source projects we've got, the various groups. You know, we have users from, you know, we've got Ubuntu, we've got Wikipedia, we've got Apache, MySQL, Gentoo, Exurbo Linux. The list goes on and on and on and on, and there's just so much to take from, so much to take inspiration from, and so much new stuff happening all the time, which we, I guess we're sort of privy to because we're there, and there's so much chatter and everyone is talking about it and everyone gets hyped up, so it was very easy for us in that period to, to I guess, grab onto what's, what's happening in our community and trying new things. We did some beta testing of various stuff, we spoke about it, we spoke about what was rubbish, we spoke about the fights that had happened, we, yeah. And just to clarify, uh, what actually is Freenode when you say Freenode? Freenode, Freenode is a project that is provided by the Peer-Directed Project Centre, which is a not-for-profit organisation which was, I guess, to start with, created for Freenode. Freenode is an IRC network, although I guess we're a bit unconventional in that sense too. Um, we exist to provide a sort of chat infrastructure for free and open source software projects and peer-directed projects. Um, we've been around for nearly 14 years. And we've currently got 75,000 daily users. Of which quite a lot of our community are part in the hash, uh, <laughs> hash Ogcast planet. <laughs> so yes. trying to get his brain in gear. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's many, many podcasters and Ogcasters, if you wish, um, who, who use Freenode both, both to have somewhere to interact with their listeners and also to take questions and feedback during their shows yeah. or during their recordings or during their live shows and um, yeah it's quite cool okay and um, you know how did Freenode start Freenode was well Freenode originally sprung from a from a channel on a different IRC network um, created by a man who was called Rob Levin um, Rob decided to move the channel and create his own network back in 1998 um, he created Freenode, or as it was then called, op I should know this, Open Projects. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, that was around until 2001 when he sort of changed and it became 
Freenode by 2002. Um, the network has steadily grown. Unfortunately, Rob passed away back in 2006. Um, he was a victim of a hit and run accident in in Texas where he lived, um, which was a bit of a massive change for everyone because he'd sort of been yeah. the cornerstone. Yeah, the corner, he yeah, exactly. he yeah, because it was his idea. It was his baby, and it's been. It was a very scary time, I guess the first, probably the first couple of years after he passed away to sort of see whether we could, we could bring his baby up as it were. But we have more than doubled in size since he passed and we've got m much more projects on board and I guess we've expanded a bit. In the States we now arrange conferences called um, FOSCON, Free and Open Source Software Conference. That's you? Yeah, that's us. We've done two of them in the States so far and we're in started planning for actually doing one in the UK so we want to do sort of Europe and and US so that's ho hopefully going to be exciting um, for us again it was all about the community and trying to do something that isn't as commercialized as a lot of conferences has, have become um, so we do that um, then we also have a few other projects we have FOSS events which Laura Tchaikovsky who also was involved with OnCamp is quite involved with um, who basically I don't know. I guess, I guess basically they stalk people to find out what's going on, from lug meetings to bigger conferences to cool talks at yeah, various, yeah, yeah. Both, both sort of fussy ones and things that could be of interest to the FOSS community, but which may actually be sponsored by someone completely different. Yes. Um, so that's been quite good. We've got a lot of people following that, both people who use Freenode and people who don't. And that's quite nice to actually be able to, I don't know, do something for a wider community again. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of years ago, we started doing Geeknicks, which was our sort of, our clever name. We had a Geeknick yesterday as part of OGCamp. And it was one of those names we came up with when we, and we registered a, a website and started sort of planning a few, just across the UK to start with. And then before we knew it, people were doing it all over the yeah. globe. And that was really, really cool too. Um, so yeah, we're basically, I don't know, we're, I guess our main focus is sort of bringing the community together. We're not necessarily, well, the people who, who volunteer for Freenode and the PDPC are generally technical people because we pick our volunteers from the various projects that use us. We'll generally stalk someone for a while and decide, hey, you're quite clever, we like you. Um, and it works, we've gotten some great people that way. Um, but our sort of main focus, I guess, is making it easier for people to get together and communicate. And maybe, I guess we're trying to take some of the pressure off the people who run the projects, because often a project, a very, very technical project, may be run by someone who's very, very technically minded, but who doesn't really have the inclination or the interest to go and do that whole, let's be matey and chatty and yep. and that side of things. So I guess we sort of try to just bring people together. Yeah, and that's our doing a lot of facilitating, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. That's okay. Um, where are the servers physically located for this? Then? All across the globe. Um, we we have some servers that are our own, or I say our own, they're probably the communities because they're the ones donating to actually keeping them running. Then we also have a host of servers that are sponsored by various companies who support open source in one way or another. Bitemark, for example, who also sponsored OGCamp. Um, a variety of universities sponsor servers for Freenode because they tend to be quite keen on what we do and they usually have fairly good bandwidth and yeah. some decent hardware we can use and of course the OSOU, the open source laboratory in Oregon is obviously sponsoring a suite a lot I think we've got about six servers at their okay, data center right. so yeah 
it's it seems to me a bit strange, or probably not in the Twitter in the Twitter world, that uh, text on the command line is the way that the open source community seems to communicate. Yes, yes, it probably is. Because let's face it, IRC has been around for a very long time now. I mean, that's it became a bit mainstream, I guess, about twenty years ago. With mm -hmm. yeah. And um, and it's still very much prevailing. It's a very big thing, and we're we're growing rapidly. So people are clearly liking that way of communicating. That's not to say that we haven't thought of other ways, because every time there's a new platform out there, we think, oh shit, is this the time where we need to sort of mm -hmm. refocus? Do we need to look at whether we need to? Share? I mean, we spent years umming and eyeing, thinking, do we need to go over to the Jabber platform? Is that going to be the next big thing? So far, so good. I think IRC is around to stay, at least for now. Yeah. But there's certainly a lot of other other things out there which which are also very useful to people, like Identica and Twitter. And yeah, I think your organisation, from the from the point of view of the geekniks and everything mm. else, it seems to have. It's more about the community rather than the technology. Yeah. Right? Yes. Absolutely. I think. I think we're. I think that's one thing we've always sort of argued a bit because a lot of people will come and say you're not doing IRC the, the way things IRC should be done because I've been on Fnet or I've been on Undernet or Dalnet or IRCnet and they don't do it like this. And then it's trying to explain to them, well, actually, we don't really care about that. As long as we can sort of bring the people together and give them somewhere they can talk and somewhere we can all collaborate and, you know, share ideas and thoughts and learn from each other, then, you know, it doesn't really matter how we do it or what we do it on. And I think for many sort of, I guess, conventional IRC users, that's a difficult... Yep difficult one to bite off. So, so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about the organization behind it? Yes, um, Freenode is run by just short of 40 volunteers currently who come from across the globe. Um, every single of our volunteers will be involved with another project on Freenode in one sense or another. One of the things we've always found very important is to make sure that we don't have a lot of people who sort of manage and bus people around. Um, so we try to make sure that our volunteers are first and foremost users. Yep. Um, that's how I came aboard a long, long time ago. Um, I'd been a user of Freenode. I came there via my, my old lug when I lived in San Diego. Um, and I'd been there for, I don't know, about three years or so when Lilo, or Rob Levin if you wish, mm -hmm. asked whether I'd be interested in trying out this as a volunteer staffer on Freenode. And I thought, no, 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 I'll never be able to do that. And um, here I am, 11 years later, running the network. Yes, sitting outside in a, in a, in a beer garden in, in the yeah. UK. <laughs> so oh, it's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, on paper, I guess, the Freenode is owned by the PDPC, and the PDPC consists of myself and five other people. Um, when you say PDB, PDB. Yes, the Peer-Directed Project Centre, that's yeah, a not-for-profit yeah. organisation that runs Freenode and Geeknik and Foscon. And, but we, the PDPC as such doesn't really have anything to do with the with day-to-day the -day running of the network. Where I mean, our interest in Freenode is to, I guess, secure the funds to be able to pay for the service we pay for, make sure that there's someone there with the knowledge and capacity to deal with anything that should crop up, be it legal or financial or, yeah, so it's it's by all, all means it's a legal entity that's just there to sort of safeguard the, yeah. yeah. I don't know if uh, our listeners are aware, but there's a way you can donate. Yes, yes there is. You can, if you do wish to donate to Freenode, you can go to the freenode.net website and you can choose to donate. Um, we have monthly subscription, we have yearly subscriptions and we have one-off donations. And of course, if you're a company and you wish to make a larger donation, then you can always get in touch with, you, with us and 
will help you out. Yes, I've been a subscriber for a few <laughs> years now. So. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to have the interview. Is there anything else mm-hmm. I missed? No, not really. Although I should probably stress the fact that we are arranging a FOSCON in Europe. And we've had great success in the States. If you're a European listener, whether you're in the UK or somewhere else, then keep an eye out for foscon.org.uk and come to our conference because that's going to be really, really, really awesome. You heard it here, folks. Yet another (laughs) conference that I have to convince my wife to let me go to. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to do the interview. And tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode on Hacker Public Radio. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.